Welcome to Inside the Natural State, and it is 2020. I can't look at you, Zach, without laughing right now. Oh, man, what a start to the year. I have that effect on people. You know that. Uh, I mean... Never mind. I'm not going to go there. Not going to go there after what's happened I for the last... I was just going to say, I was a... Never mind. Never mind. <laughs> Good plan. Just sit on your wall over there. Never mind. Oh, my man. My pasted wall that's still in there. <laughs> yes, that, that's 2019. It's behind <laughs> us now. No more No more eggs. Maybe slime next time. Who knows? My daughter's so, got a slime making machine in there. No, we're not using that. So... That gets into everything. Welcome to 2020. We here at Natural State Sports can confirm that we have no hosts who have stolen money from anyone. Um, we have no hosts who have strangled employees of liquor stores. So I think we're doing good for 2020 so far. 2019, ah, we survived. Ah, 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 ah. No. What is happening? He hit his unmute button. He was fixing <laughs> Is he going to oh, shut me on. up? You don't want a producer to talk? Yeah. <laughs> talk what? Never mind. Oh boy. <laughs> no, no seriously, out, 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 seriously, out, 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 seriously, y'all. It's been. Uh, I I needed to take a two week break, and, and I, I really missed you guys. So I'm glad the band's back together. Yeah, we can't do any more two week breaks. We had way too much stuff happen in the last yeah, two weeks. Way. Was, usually that doesn't happen. Well, it's been a an interesting couple of weeks, I must say. You got never mind. So we're gonna get into it here in just a little bit. So how was that? How was your holiday? Not bad. Not well, bad. There was no you, snow. Well, there's never snow. You but now the countdown. That. So we got we got Thanksgiving. We got New Year's. We got Christmas not in that order out of the way yeah we got one more holiday and that's my 33rd birthday coming up Tuesday. holiday it is for me dude yeah yeah okay wait what day is it Tuesday we just the talked about this 28th oh. day after we record oh yeah okay maybe we'll have a cake I can throw in your face we have an idea <laughs> shit <laughs> see what you've done you shouldn't have mentioned that now you're in trouble Two grand and off button. Never, no, no, never mind. No, 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 hey, no. Never, never mind. Never. We could sponsor that maybe. So who, who needs advertising? So anyway, so yeah. I mean, We've just completely gone off trails. <laughs> oh, poor Will. He's like, oh, too much to do. Too much to do. But uh, yeah, I mean, good holiday. Everybody survived the new year. So Will, you're quiet over there. How was your holiday? Oh, it was great. I mean, kids at home with my wife for two weeks. Kind of funny because I still work. So she's... You know, did she survive? Yeah, she did. And, you know, come Saturday, she said, I'm going to get my nails done. And, well, bye. <laughs> <laughs> I got to get out of this house. When, uh, yeah, when I got back from the office that afternoon, that Saturday afternoon, she just, she's gone about six hours. And she was just like, mm, not telling you anything except I'm getting my nails done. Bye. Yep. <laughs> and Fair enough. Gone, but, Fair enough. Yeah, mine's mine's been the opposite. I've had I've had both boys with me most of the time at home these past two weeks. So and he was they they were out of school again today. So why were they out of school I today? Probably a lot of schools are doing a teacher insert yeah. this day on Monday and the kids coming back Tuesday. Yeah. That helps them well, it gets their PD hours of professional development hours. Uh, so see when I when I was day. in school and I think this goes for the three of us here, but when I was in school it was always you get out like the day of the day before Christmas Eve or whatever. No, I always remember being out that whole week. Was it was I can't remember. Yeah. It's usually, it's usually the whole week, week before. Yeah, you get you get you take all your tests the week before and then you're off two weeks and then the Monday following New Year's is you're you're back in school. Yeah. 
Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. So what this was. That, that's what it was. They just had one extra day. It's I mean, just been out. New Year's was, what, Wednesday last week? Yeah. So, yeah, all the so the following were. Monday, you'd be, we'd be back in school. Well, a lot were back in today, so. But mine weren't, and so I got to deal with that all day. Man, my Twitter's still blowing up over here. Yeah, we'll get into that in a little yeah, bit. Yeah, we will. That kind of has to do with what got, we just talked about. Got a, a bunch bit. of Twitter things man it's i'm telling you it's been a wild 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 two weeks like or, but you know i really needed it I, I, for me anyway yeah that that and for reasons that that nobody that we're not gonna get into but yeah i did i mean i needed that i, I got refreshed got recharged and gave up my podcast Hey, we're here, right? Yeah, yeah. Now Zach's on a probationary. I That's am right. not four four weeks. So if, then if we'll see who the next co-host might be. If at the end of four weeks, weeks. <laughs> so if you'd like to be part of the podcast, you know, submit your application to me. All I got to do is lock the doors, and there won't be no podcast. <laughs> hey, that's, we got other houses. That's, that's right. <laughs> you'd have to get the equipment first. Oh, uh, we can figure that out. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. So whoa, 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 most, whoa, whoa. So, so I'm gonna throw one at you. I'm gonna throw one at you. Most exciting sports moment of the. Finally, the last two weeks. Doesn't have to be Razorback related. Could mm. be anything. Patriots get me. I knew that was coming. No, well, okay. In all honesty, I've got two. <laughs> it's it's the firing of Jason Garrett and the Patriots getting beat. You are just one crass son of a gun. <laughs> crass? Have you never heard of that word? Yeah, it's a word. Don't worry about it. It is. <laughs> you can see you can see Zach's face right now. He's just lost. What the hell does that like mean? Like there's smoke coming, coming out. out of his ears. Like he's got the the. Air what the hell does that mean? On and it's like smoke's coming around. Crap, what are you smoking? Crass over there? Uh, okay, so hold on. Let me define. Hold on. Wait a minute. The word Alexa, define the word crass. The adjective crass is usually defined as without refinement, delicacy, or sensitivity. Gross. Obtuse. <laughs> Alexa off. <laughs> As you can tell, Zach didn't, <laughs> didn't like the rest of Alexa's <laughs> definition. I think I'm more confused now than I was before I even asked. <laughs> just say you have no delicacy. The last word in this No, that's not true. The last word in this definition, though, is intelligence. <laughs> oh, that's wrong. That's yeah. not right. That's He's not how got, he meant it at all, I promise you. He's got you. some intelligence, but yeah. <laughs> One oh, of these no, things just doesn't patient, belong so. here. Right. <laughs> So, the, so all right. Well, so Steve, what two, was your two, most exciting mo- sports moment in the last two weeks? <laughs> I'm just going to like, sit over here. I, I, 20 minutes I've been having trouble speaking. So Take another drink of water. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> it's a smart water, my yeah, ass. It's not making any smarter. It's because you keep getting it from the tap over there. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> yeah, see, you're getting the dumb Benton water. That's what's happening to you. Hey. Hey. Anyway, what so, was your most exciting Man, I don't know because there's been so much that's happened. Like, there has. But I, you know, of what course, the Niners. Yeah, the once. Niners. Okay, you know that. what? I'm going to use two in the same game. <laughs> so the Niners winning and getting the number one seed. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then our own Razorback, Dre Greenlaw, with the game-saving tackle within centimeters of the winning touchdown. So, got to give Greenlaw, Dre... University oh. of Arkansas. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sad <laughs> part about it is he, can't, he couldn't change that. I know. Back. He did it once, and then and it was like... everybody flipped out again. See, I didn't see the flip out this I time. Did. I did. Really, Dre, really... Yeah, he already come out and said he couldn't change it. Like I said something to myself about it when it happened. I was like, "Oh crud!" But no, it was. I mean, well, I knew it was pre-recorded. What was yours? The Patriots get beat. Oh, he, oh no! <laughs> um, you cried, didn't you? No, I, I like the Patriots, but I'm not that invested in them. That's crap. You posted something on the page today as a memorial. Well, that was more actually supposed to be a joke for y'all to make fun of the Patriots. I did. 
Yeah, and then in a ways, um, I'm uh huh. <laughs> no, do you, I mean honestly though? Last two weeks, okay. So I think going to Assembly Hall and beating the Hoosiers. I mean, it lost a little bit of luster because Maryland went on to dominate them at Maryland uh, this last week. But I think just in the first year uh, under Musselman that he can take a team that's undersized make halftime adjustments and that a guy that was, you know, had 16 points in the first half come out and only score four points in the second half. And that shows the adjustments that he knows how to make in the game of basketball uh, to get a team that's severely undersized a win on the road in the Big Ten somewhere Arkansas had never won a true road game. Or even in the Big Ten, like you said. Yeah. Now, here's, here's one. Everybody kept saying that the Georgia Tech game was a fluke. Okay. Because of the, the last-minute shot in overtime that you and I watched. Right. They beat North Carolina. Yeah, but North Carolina is way down. That's gonna It's going to help. It's going to help us, though, I, if we get in the tournament. Maybe. I mean, I don't know, because North Carolina is just not very good right now. I mean, it's, this That's is, weird, seeing it, everybody it get beat this early in the season. It is, but like not Kentucky, surprising. Kentucky, it's, Duke. Um, Kansas. Yeah, but Kentucky's got- kind of turning it on, I think, right now. We'll see how they how they go. They they started off slow against Missouri, but we'll see where they go from there. True. Um, I mean, they they ended up dominating Missouri in that game. So, yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> Lost my train of thought there. <laughs> I was looking at something else. Got to put my phone down for a little bit here. So on to basketball. On to more basketball. Pressure. The pressure's on him since he, we've turned it over to him. No. It? No, I think. I think it's okay. No. So um, so back to basketball. Yeah. So um, what you think about the game Saturday? It made me nervous there for a little bit. Yeah. Um, I like the halftime because we watched it at Twin Peaks. Um, I, I like the. Uh, I like the adjustments that, that Musk made. Musk was mad there for a while. Oh, man. I looked at Katie, and I finally said, I don't want to be in the locker room after this game. Well, he had every reason to be. I mean, they were they were they there was some old-time kind of stuff going on. And now, mm-hmm. we talked about this. I talked about this a little bit with a buddy on the way here. and, and But, um, I mean, this was a little bit of what we saw under Mike Anderson with the, you know, just run down the floor, throw, the, throw a shot up. And that was what and, I and, – and I think Will was the one that mentioned that in the first half Yeah, where – uh, they were as uh, uh, Joe was just throwing shots up. Well, a lot of and them he had, were, a, he had a bunch of bad looks. Him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, him. it was a lot of guys, right? And and so I mean, now the, the you got to remember though, Musk gives them the freedom to do that. That's what this team is built on is is freedom within the offense. So previously under Mike Anderson, this this team was built with freedom, but it was basically just like literally street ball. I mean, it was just freedom, like go out, throw the shot up. If it doesn't go well, we'll try again next time. And it was different this time, or it's different under Musk because Musk, they, they still have to run offensive sets. They have freedom through the offense. And so they weren't running that, and it was really, really hurting them, Go you know, especially in the first half. Second half, they had moments where they seemed to really get it, but then the shot stopped falling. Thankfully, the defense, as it's done all year, it held looked like everything A&M was throwing up was just hitting on the, on the mark every time. Well, it, it was for a little bit in the first half. I mean, they were banking threes in and, and a bunch of other craziness. So, the, the, I mean, yeah, A&M had some luck there earlier, some shots that normally don't go for them. I think they're they're averaging in the 50s or 60 points or something like yeah. that a game right now. So, they're, 
you know, they they were coming off, I think, a three-win or three-game winning streak. So, I mean, they've been playing better as of late, had a little bit of confidence. But, I mean, you know, Arkansas went to a five-guard lineup for most of that game. And, and so I think that um, – I think that made a huge difference. Uh, when we started looking at minutes, um, you know, I think Arkansas, again, really just went with – six guys in this game um you had your five starters and, and really only eight guys played total so again another one with ethan henderson not ga- getting any minutes uh, and really Silla only got a minute so you know jalen harris didn't start but he played 31 so um almost all, well every guard mason jones only only played 27 minutes but adrio got the start but only played 18 he had some um had some some issues uh, i think with his knee and a little and got a little banged up throughout the game but um the five guard lineup really worked well in this game so we'll we'll see how that looks going forward but I still have the same concern I had previously I mean this this ball club is is really thin and and more than anything there is a there is a lot and there there's there's a lack of of quality depth on this team and it's showing by the fact that we're only playing eight guys right now so right and, and really only seven with any decent minutes and I mean you take you know, and Cheney is a guy that I mean, where did he go in the ADM game? Seven minutes? Yeah, I mean, the dude's one of two from the floor, had one rebound. He scored two points. Um, and, oh, I take that back. He was one for one from the floor, scored two 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 points, um, and got two quick fouls. And maybe that's part of it. But Chaney didn't he, – he had no impact on the game. He only played seven minutes. Well, I mean, I like the way that Mason Jones has come out and become a kind of a leader on this team. Right. I mean, averaging 19.5 points a game, 6.2 rebounds a game uh, – rebounds, and 2.8 assists a game. Yeah. Okay. You, you under Mike Anderson, and again, this isn't Mike knocking Mike, but under Mike Anderson, you just don't see that. You, you I, I don't think you see the intensity that these guys are going to play with. Well, under Mike. yeah, and I think that we've talked about that, and the difference I think is the defensive intensity that you didn't see. So you know, they they really got lackadaisical and down when the ball was when, the, when it was, if if the shots weren't falling, then things got really ugly for Arkansas um, under Mike, and and that's all that's just how it was. Um, but now when the shots not falling, they're able to fall back on their defense and play well. Um, you know. Now, I've gotten some pushback because of this, and, and admittedly, I wasn't at the game. Um, but we've had some conversations about it, and and I and I am and I am generally curious because um, I I feel like maybe the noise level in Bud Walton Arena is not coming through as well on TV. I don't think it is because everybody I've talked to said it was it was a rocking house. Well, but, but again, you've got to think we all live in that little momentary in those little moments. And mm-hmm. so we you know, and so it's really easy for us to as exciting as things got down the stretch when the crowd did get loud at times, it was the loudest in the last 7 minutes of that game. And so when the when but big why though? Look at why though. You well, had Adriel on the court telling everybody to get up and then you had Muss during a timeout just going absolutely berserk well and admitted, trying to get the crowd in admittedly it was a little more exciting but I think that's why people feel like the stadium was loud because in those moments the stadium was loud I'm not going to disagree with that but I take a stretch I think there was about it was under 10 I think and um, Arkansas I think we hit a three and then um I don't remember exactly what happened. Maybe we got a block. Something happened, and the place was really loud. And then the minute that we go back on offense, they throw the ball in, and the place just goes silent. Yeah. And and that that bothers me because you can cheer during an offensive set for the team. The team wants that that push, and this team specifically needs it. I know that people want to say, well, 
Give us something to cheer about. That's not part of being a fan. Yes, I understand that it's they're, hard. They're 12 and one. What it, more do you want to be cheering about? Right. We should be supporting them. We should be pushing them. And, and I saw some of that. I know that people want to point to the comment that Mus made um, in the post game when he said it's the, his buddy messaged him after the game the and said Bay, it was the loudest. Yeah, it was the loudest stadium he's ever been in. I'm sure it was in that moment. And that's fine. This team, and, and really in general going forward, this team, this team specifically, they need that kind of energy from the fan base from start to finish. Now I understand that there's going to be lulls in the game and things are going to fall. And if you're up 20, you don't expect the crowd to be low. But there is no reason for anyone to sit down at all in the first half of, ba- of a basketball game, period. You know, you know the one thing I've noticed too? And this, this I've, I went to like three or four different football games as well. So this, this goes across all of them. There's only like one or two hog calls throughout the game. Uh, I don't know. I think – what, What's up with that? Do we well, have – I mean – So basketball, they do it a lot during the timeouts. And so we don't. if you're not there, you don't see it. So I think that's a big part of that that you don't see, but it does happen. Now, you don't – during the game, you're not going to see it or hear it because in basketball, it's different. You have the constant activity. Um, now, I do think that, it, that it, there were a lot of times where they didn't do it at football games. There's not as much as it seemed to before. But again, that could be the fact that the stadium was half full. There's nobody there, so they're, they're not – and there's nothing to get excited about. I'm not going to dog. I understand not cheering at, at football games or not trying to be excited and waiting on the football team to give you a reason to be excited. Right. I do understand that. This basketball team is good. I don't think they're elite. They're definitely not an elite team. They're a good team. And they're, I'm, I'm, they've, they've surprised a couple of national people. I mean, they have, but, and we'll talk about that in a minute, but they're, they're, they're a good team, but they're a real good team when they have that momentum behind them from the fans. And, and that means that the fans, and, and, and I'm going to get dogged here because I'm, I, I don't go to every game and how do I, how dare I talk? But I mean, one, the atmosphere needs to be, needs to be better game day atmosphere. They've been working on it in football. They've really got to work it on basketball. I know that part of one big argument that I've heard after my, the post that I made on Twitter was, um, you know, that they need to stop doing so many of the goofy little commercials during, during breaks. And I, and I understand that. Absolutely. I mean, are you not making enough money in concessions and the fact there's 19,000 people in there? And then on top of that, the fact of all the ad revenues you're getting um, from TV, you're not making enough from that that you got to continue to do ads on at the middle of the game? Like, well, I'm going to tell you this. When I went to the Western Kentucky game, every time there was a break in the action, there was a commercial on. Oh, yeah. Or every time that there was a break in the action, it was, welcome back this player. Or it yeah. was, welcome this team. And again, I'm not taking away the accomplishments of the track team, the golf team, former players coming back like Brandon Allen or whatever. I'm not taking away from all, any of that. What I'm taking away is do those pregame. You've got plenty of time in pregame to do that. Right. Or even even do it at halftime. Yeah, and it, well, and I mean, they could strategically spread it around to where you could keep the energy going. And especially, I think those are really bad to have in the first half regardless. Like, the first half is when you're setting the tone for the way the game's going to go, whether it be the team on the field or the fans in the stands. I mean, right. and that, that's just how it goes. And and so the fans can set a, very, can set a tone from the stands at the very beginning of the game throughout the entire first half. But if you're doing things that take the fans out of the game, and then on top of that, maybe the game's not going the flow of the game. You know, everybody talked about how Buzz took the flow out of the game and was able to really slow Arkansas down and make Arkansas do things that they wanted to do. And that's why, again, that shouldn't matter. Get up, stop sitting there, stop playing on your phone, stop tweeting out the score of the game while you're at the game, while we're all watching the game. And cheer for the team that's in front of you like that. And so that's, that was my own, that was my main point because I do think that there's, I think there's some 
issue with how the sound comes across um, on, and, and as far as um, on TV versus what it's actually like at Bud Walton. But I mean, you watch some of these other top programs out there and the crowd is on it from from start to finish. Yeah. You know, I mean, late in the game, sure, if it's a blowout, but from start to finish in the first half, they're in it and they're yelling. That, and, and so they're, they're, they're really rocking and rolling. The big thing right now going around, especially within the fan base, is the uh, this, this everybody's kind of wait. What's the word I should use? Butthurt, I guess, is all right. So everybody's kind of butthurt about this this lack of top twenty five ranking for the basketball team. So how, well, do you, how do you, how do you feel about that? Okay, so look at it this way. Okay, who have we played versus the rest of the field? That's a horrible comparison. Well, no, it, but but I'm I'm looking at it from from an objective point of view. Okay, you've got you've got a luck shot win in o- overtime. Was it overtime we beat Georgia Tech? Yeah, it's still a win though. Yeah. Okay. You have the the one decent win I think we've got as far as ever, the voters go is Assembly Hall in in, in uh, at Indiana. I mean. I don't disagree. Um, I'm not. So, I think. Well, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, I'm not saying that. I'm. De- I'm not. I'm not going to sit here and say that we should be in the top 25. I do have some questions, though, when you start looking at some of the other teams ranked ahead of us, and how you can continue to leave Arkansas out and tell me we're not one of the top 25 teams in the country. I don't have a problem with them not being ranked, just because, like you said, I don't. I don't think we've played anybody. Well, this, you, like I said, point. we've got LSU and Ole Miss coming up this week. Well, and only one of those games is going to tell us anything. Well, but still, that's on the road. Yeah. And if you can pick them up on the road, if you pick it up on the road, I think you're ranked by next Monday. Well, if they win the next two, I think they're for sure ranked. They'll take care of business. They'll get enough votes. But, you know, I had this. I did. I, I kind of had a little back and forth on Twitter with uh, with Jeff Goodman, who I think plenty of Razorback fans have had their 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 back and forth with Jeff Goodman. But yeah, I don't I don't I don't understand. He, I, I don't. Yeah. Well, he had had some weird some of his um, some some of his or his ranking last week and his decision to put certain teams ahead of Arkansas. Um, him and I kind of got into it about Texas Tech and and, and why he had Texas Tech so far ahead of Arkansas and I feel a lot of that is recency bias with as good as Texas Tech's been the last couple of years um, you're going to place Texas Tech in there just from as good as they've been but you know him and I went back and forth um, because he made the claim that I guess Texas Tech they had a couple of losses in there where they were missing their leading scorer and then um, but then he gave credit to one of the teams that beat them as the reason why they were ranked where they were so it didn't really make a whole lot of sense as to why certain teams are where they are it'll all work itself out by the end of the season we'll know where we stand polls are just for us to sit here and argue why isn't somebody number one why aren't we in the top 25 who would you i mean give me steve's top five right now oh gosh i don't know i'm not that's a that would that would be a difficult one for me i, I think you've got to have gonzaga at number one um they've just been pretty much flawless san diego state i think is another team that i think a lot of people are overlooking right now that's a very solid basketball program but because because they're a mid-major and, and nobody really knows anything about them. They like Gonzaga. They play on the West Coast, and so no one ever gets to watch them play. Um, I think that's another team that's got to be in your top five. Uh, Duke and Kansas are your, you know, your staples. Um, and then, man, you know the one team that's missing from that? North Carolina, Kentucky. I mean, that's well, no. One and and here's the thing. Five. Here's what I don't understand. Okay, everybody keeps saying, "Well, Georgia Tech was a fluke because their leading scorer was out uh, with an ankle, with, was an ankle injury that he was out with." Yeah, I think I don't remember exactly what he had. He went down. He went down with an injury. Yeah. They went to North Carolina, and 
I'm just going to say, put a whooping on them from what I saw. They did. But, I mean, North Carolina, again, North Carolina is not very good. And, and don't take anything away from that Georgia Tech win. I mean, that was a that was a good win for Arkansas. And I think when the season's over, it, it'll 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 be a good win. Um, but, again, when you when you look at the 12-1 record we have right now, we should be 13-0. Um, you gave one away against a Western Kentucky team that their best player was out of the game. I mean, again, that's a game you really should have won, and you'd be 13-0. And then there's no way they wouldn't rank you right now. So that game – that game hurts them. I'm not. I'm not going to sit here and say that Arkansas should um, should be top 25. I can see both sides of the argument. Again, Arkansas has been nowhere near sniffing the top 25 for the last couple of years, and now you want name recognition just because you're 12 and one. You've feasted on cupcakes for 13 games. Yeah, I don't. Indiana, I don't. Indiana and Georgia Tech were, were pretty good. Indiana is a, again. We're 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 talking about teams that are probably at the equivalent of where Arkansas is right now, and that's why the games were so close. I mean, neither one of them teams are going to be are going to be ranked anytime soon. So why? I, I like the fact that as of right now, and again, this could drop, and we could completely fall apart during conference play. One game is not going to tell us anything. No. Come tournament time, though, I mean, <laughs> anywhere between that that f- five and ten seed is where I would put Arkansas. I mean, that's kind of where their projections are right now. I don't again, I'm I'm still holding holding my breath right now as to whether or not this team's going to be a for oh, sure tournament team. By far. I don't um, I don't I mean, expectations are so low with them right now. Well, but I don't know that expectations are low well, okay, anymore. <laughs> going into the season, everybody was like, "Well, Must's first year, you know, anything's going to happen. Yeah. That kind of, nobody was expecting this team to be 12 and 1 right now. Nobody. No, I don't know. But I mean, the schedule allowed itself for this team to be 12 and 1. Yes, Will. So I think as we, as we kind of collect ourselves with the thought of this basketball season, I think we kind of can set that time frame of being around probably Valentine's Day. That time of the season, we'll be able to really know. If this team's legitimate or not, we'll be about halfway through conference season by then. Uh, so yeah, I can, I, I can. I think that we'll, and we may have someone on on the show to to help us dissect the the run through the SEC and what our uh, conference uh, our conference record is. Then, well, so let's, let's just. I think we have to still be patient. We have to, and I'm the worst one to say that after you know some of the rants I was going through in the. In the group chat where Caleb was telling me to shut up. <laughs> I mean, he, he's he getting was, feisty. He, getting he feisty did, he did this weekend. The, I like uh, it. About it and stuff. And I'm when just he like, first started, he was kind of quiet. Well, yeah, he, not so much anymore. But but so I think we just need to be still need to be patient and don't. I, I, I don't think we need to adjust our expectations from preseason just yet. Well, is it's nice to have this early season success. But when we start getting into only having a seven-man rotation through the SEC schedule, that's going to be brutal. But at the same time, I don't think you're going to go into Auburn and win. I don't no, think you're going to go into Tennessee and win. We don't go. We get Auburn here. We could we could win at Tennessee after seeing <laughs> what the LSU just did played. to them. Yeah, Ooh. after after watching them play a couple times this year, we can beat them. We don't go to Auburn. We have them at home. Okay, we have Kentucky at home. Uh, I think we can beat I Kentucky. I think we have Florida at home if we play them. I can't remember. No, uh, we're at Florida. We, yeah, we're we're at we're at, we're at well, Gainesville. If well, I mean, <laughs> Alabama just gave up a thirty 
point lead. And uh, did they lose that game? Did Florida win? Florida ended up winning it. They yeah. did. That's yeah. crazy. So they gave up a thirty point lead. So that means that we know that it can be done there. We just have to close the game out. Yeah. You know? I think I think lack of depth in the youth will start having an effect. I don't know that youth will. Well, not by the youth, end of but the I mean, season, I mean, this team has grown up quite depth, a bit. Depth would be... Depth is my biggest concern. Yeah, yeah, that would be mine as well. Not even as much the the height difference because we're only we're only allowing a an offensive rebound on 28% of opponent's shots, which is crazy yeah. good compared to the, the top, size. We're the top defensive team against the three in the country. Yeah. Um, and I think that may be a little misleading statistic in my opinion, but I think that, <laughs> but after seeing some of the last couple I was about of to years, say, that's a huge turnaround from what yeah, we've seen yeah, for years, yeah, years past. Over the years past, but I think that we just, we still have to kind of sit back and enjoy watching the team grow, knowing the incoming freshman talent we have coming in next year to add to some of the talent that's here, plus... We have to remember the guys that are sitting on the bench. Thank uh, you, NCAA, for Connor Vanover. Eh, no, that was Connor's fault. He he left a week before the coach got fired, and that's why he didn't get his waiver because he wasn't forced out. Right. The players that get forced out are usually the ones that get the waiver waivers, and and so he wasn't forced out. Way so, to take I mean, the wind out of my sails. Well, I mean, a lot. There's a lot of misconception to that, and that's really what it is, and. And that's really kind of been talked about on Twitter a lot. So, but I'm going to get off my little soapbox. Soap well, but to your point too, though, I mean, you you make a good point when we when we talked about the way this when this season began, and, and if you talk to most who who thought about where this team would be, I mean, I went back and forth on whether or not I thought this should be a tournament team. Um, but at the at the end of the day, when we started this year, I don't know that many people really had any expectations outside of this team collapsing. I mean, much like the football team last year, everybody thought, okay, you know, this team wins four, five, six games, we're going to be in good shape. We'll be okay with that. Um, but then nobody for, saw another two. Yeah, and no, nobody saw what we had. So, but the same for basketball. I think it, the same can be said is. Nobody knew what to expect because of the patchwork team that Must had to put together. First year, all new. At the end of the day, if this team got to 16, 17, 18 wins, I think this entire fan base would have been absolutely ecstatic. I was expecting 17, 18, yeah. maybe 19 if we got a, a good showing against a decent team at home or something. Yeah, so I mean, at this point, I mean, just enjoy what you have. Don't add expectations to a ball club that – Probably doesn't need him. I've seen people talking about uh, Must takes this team to the final four. Stop. Let's not talk that kind of stuff. Like well, it's let's cool not to put get the exci- cart before the horse. Well, well, but it's cool to get excited. But here's what happens: is that you le- you start leading a fan base down that road. It's exactly what's going to happen come fall camp for the football team. People are going to be getting really excited, and they're going to be like, "Oh, well, this is what should happen. This is what's going to happen." And the fan base is going to freak out. And then when it doesn't happen, they're going to turn on on Mus. And and that's the frustrating. And now it won't be the majority of the fan base, but that's going to happen. The first time this team loses a game by ten points, heaven forbid. Kentucky come in here and have it all put together and their athletes that are better than ours and bigger than ours just kick our butts and, and beat us by 12 or 15. Heaven forbid what happens after that. I'm not saying that's going to happen. I'm just saying if something like that happens, this fan base is going to melt down because we're just so freaking fragile. I think I, I'm going to I'm going to disagree with you on one point about the football team. I don't think the expectations are going to be nearly as high as everybody thinks they are. No, but well, and the reason I say that is we got burnt for two years, literally burnt for two years. Because expectations were, okay, that's his first season. It's 2-10. and 10, Coming off of what happened with Burt. 
That's fine. Brett. What'd I say? Bert. We call him Bert around here. Whatever. His name's Brett. But it's Bert. But <laughs> that second two and ten season, I think that's where everybody just jumped. Okay. Well, I know, yeah. I know, I know in our preseason rankings, somehow under God's blue sky, I picked eight wins. I don't know how I did that. But you you had to have been high. But uh, <sighs> but that's something. But that's my point, though. I'm not I don't think I don't think with this new staff that they're going to go in expecting any more than four. No, no. I, but we'll I, get into this later. I'm yeah. saying don't use that as the same. Oh, thing oh, oh, oh. Okay. Yeah. Well, my point is though is that what's going to happen is, and I'm just this always happens every year, and it's just the excitement because we talked about this yesterday when we were all meeting. Is you get bored that month between mm-hmm. July or the end of July and and September or when you when fall camp and everything kicks off mm-hmm. from media days to fall. You're bored. Arkansas baseball, if we we make Omaha like everybody expects, after June 24th, we're going to be bored. And so by the time fall camp rolls around, we're all going to be like, Pittman and this staff, which we're going to talk about in a few minutes, they're going to kill it. We're going to win eight, nine games. There is going to be a segment of this fan base that will get all hyped up. Drive Time Sports will be nutso with people talking about freaking nine and ten win seasons. No, they'll be talking national title. But I'm telling you, it's coming. And that's my point. Is let's, yeah. just, let's not use that for the basketball team to get overly excited. So while we don't get excited about the basketball team for this year, let's enjoy what they're going to be building for the future. But you know what? I will say this. If we continue recruiting the way we are, just seeing some of these five-star players that are coming on and is already scheduling their official visits for the class of 2021, I will say we will be in an Elite Eight within three years. Yeah, I mean, if they if these classes show mark up... Mark the tape. I, I will mark the tape. If yeah. we recruit the mark way we are doing tape. right now, we will be in an Elite Eight, maybe even a Final Four in three years, if not sooner. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Arkansas will be back by then. In all three. I mean, think about it. Three years down the road, and you've got you've got Pittman, DVH, and Muss. We could... We, I mean, just we could the potential... Be enjoying some I, improvements and wins. I think then. if that happens, you're talking about a basketball team that's elite eight worthy. You're talking about a baseball team that should again, still be Omaha talked about Hopefully and a football team th- that's, that's talked about for a more than just a low level Liberty Bowl. Yeah, so I think. Well, hopefully, hopefully, eight. hopefully, with yeah. the with the baseball team, we'll be talking. You know, a, a second national title, a defending national championship, or something. Yeah, there's a dang good chance. There is, dang especially that five star type dude that signed yeah. and came early this yeah. year. You will see a grown man cry if we win a national title. Oh, I will. I I did when I the Astros won. Ball. Well, well, yeah, I did. Win did the you Astros cry this past won. weekend? For what? The Patriots losing? No. Six rings in 20 years, buddy. Six years. Or six rings in 20 years. We've got four rings 20 years ago. <laughs> yeah, which lasted until which took over 30 years to get. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, that was your rings. last playoff win. To- yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh. Congratulations. I was what? Eight? Nine? In a way. Rabbit hole. Yeah. yeah right. so. no, we'll talk about that. We'll get to the NFL in a little bit. Inside the Natural State is brought to you by Mountain Valley Spring Water. Since 1871, bottled in the Washington Mountains in glass bottles. Visit mountainvalleyspring.com to find your local distributor. So switching gears um, on to football. We've had some developments over the last couple weeks as well. So um, thoughts, reactions. How do you feel today about Sam Pittman 
compared to how you felt before we got off the podcast two weeks ago? Um, man, that's a loaded question. No, it's um, not. well, for for not playing it down to football yet, my expectations of him are still they're still kind of out there because I'm still kind of burnt from what the last one did. Well, so As, forget expectations though. Just your what is your so? I mean, initially we hired an offensive line coach. I mean. The thought behind that versus where we are now with what staff. That I think together. out of the whole, out of the, the the coaches that we that were hired across the SEC this offseason, Sam Pittman has has definitely become the front runner of the best hire out of the what four, three, three, so three far. so far. But now, State. oh yeah, um, yeah, which Ooh. they may be what the Patriots special teams coach or something like that. Yeah, but, we're, we're gonna get into that. But but I mean, he's put together one hell of a staff. He has um, extremely impressive staff to this point. Um, you know, a lot of the Lane Kiffin talk when everybody thought that it was going to be Lane, including myself, um, a lot of that was, you know, Kendall Browse was coming along with him. Um, and, and yet we end up with Browse, and I think at the end of the day, we ended up in the better situation. Um, did I miss – maybe maybe you guys heard this. I haven't paid attention to much outside, but I thought that – now. so I thought that Lane hired his offensive coordinator, but then – I thought so. hey, I, who's I, who's the the Maryland coach that everybody's that's Dirk, DJ Durkin. That's their defensive coordinator. Yeah, that's that's their defense code defensive or something yeah. like that. But as far as offensive coordinator, I thought he hired. I think it was Kendall Brawl's brother in law. Yeah, but that's then I heard I today too. talking about T. Martin turned him down yeah. or something to stay well, at if, Tennessee. Yeah, but then again, I thought Jim Cheney was at Tennessee. Oh. Now he's in a co. I think that's a co coordinator situation. I have to let. I thought Cheney was at Georgia. No, no, no. Cheney, no. Cheney left. Yeah, went to Tennessee. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Or whenever, whenever uh, Pittman, uh, uh, Pruitt went. Pruitt, yeah. Right. So, but I mean, huh. look at this list of names. All right, you got Barry Odom and Kendall Bryles coordinators. A plus higher. Yeah, without I mean, a doubt. that was that was a home run right there. Brad Davis, offensive line. Mm-hmm. I'll give it Derek up. LeBlanc. Uh, defensive LeBlanc. line. That is LeBlanc. No, yeah, the C is silent. The C is silent. Oh, my bad. <laughs> it's, it's different. <laughs> my bad. My bad. Scott Fountain, uh, special teams. Justin yeah. Step. Fountain is the biggest hire outside of the coordinators. We'll see that very soon. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Justin Step stays on as wide receiver coach. Uh, tight ends, John Cooper. Running back coach is Jimmy Smith. And the cornerbacks coach is Sam Carter. And then you have run, uh, linebacker coach. Uh, how does he say his name? Is it Ryan? I guess. Yeah, Ryan. Uh, Ryan. Yeah. Um, I forget his last name now. Rhodes. Uh, Rhodes. Yeah. Yeah. So he was a former head coach at Hutchinson Community College, and I think that's going to be good too because not only does he remember the players he had at Hutchinson. Um, and now I they know, can't. I know it's only a two-year. Yes, he can because he's an on-field coach. Had he taken in like an analyst position, he we wouldn't have been able to recruit the players he had. Okay, but because he took an on-field position, we can. Okay, um, but not only are we going to be able to recruit the guys that he had that was playing on his team, but he also had a scout the other team, so he knows all the all the players that are out there in the community college ranks as far as. At least these two years, because of course, you know, they turn over every two years at most. So, um, I think you know, maybe we can get some guys this year and then in the next year's class to really help build the stop gap, I guess you could say, uh, these first two years for Pittman and the staff. So, I think we really see this, you know, maybe try and filling up with some Juco guys, 
um, this next class probably too. Maybe some, maybe some, uh, hopefully linebacker if there's another guy out there. Well, yeah. Let me let me ask you guys something real quick. There's been a lot of comparisons to the potential of Sam Pittman to what Ed Orgeron is running down at LSU. Right. To be in that same class as somebody who's fixing to play for a national title. I mean, Ed Orgeron, he was started out as an offensive coordinator at Ole Miss, didn't he? Well, no, he was at USC before that. Was he? I thought it was. I thought no, he was defensive line coach. Yeah, defensive, defensive line coach. coach. Yeah. yeah, he actually was at Arkansas before yeah. Ole Miss. Yeah, he was here with uh, under Nut. Under think. no, I don't think it was no. Nut. Was it not? I don't think it was Nut. So who's? Because he was at. I forgot who was a coach before Nut. I was Danny Ford. Yeah, it would have been under Ford. Ford. It would have either been Ford or Holtz because it was Holtz. I don't think it was that long ago. I thought I, could, I don't. I don't. Go but 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 my point is, is do you think that that's what we're looking at long I mean, term wise? I think that's the goal. I mean, I think that's what they're hoping to be able to create out of this. Is you get a guy that that is the CEO of your of your program uh, that loves the state of Arkansas, that has Arkansas ties, that wants to be here. Um, you know, again, when you think about the era when Houston Nutt was here and, and what he did, you know, if Houston Nutt would have just stopped being so egotistical about the offensive side of the ball and and let guys that knew offense and knew how to, how to develop quarterbacks. First year. Well, yeah, absolutely. And so, or at least been right there. And so, I mean, you know, we had the blueprint then as to what could, you know, what could work. And, and we did a, we, you know, at the end of the day, you know, Nut kind of, you know, buried his, buried himself with some of the decisions he made. But so, yeah, I mean, to answer your question, um, is that, I think, is that the blueprint that they're going for? Absolutely. I think they want to, to make that move to where the head coach is the CEO and he can bring in quality coordinators. Now, the question is, is did, so did, did Pittman, did Pittman go out? Cause we all know this is a rebuild. We all know this is going to take some time. So did Pittman go out and shoot his best shot with what he's got right now? What happens when Odom or Bryles goes back into the head coaching world? Are we in a better position at that point where he can get an even better coordinator? Um, you know, so that I think is more important in the longevity of what's going to happen because I think we can all agree that that Odom and Bryles aren't going to be here for more than three or four years if we're lucky enough to have them that long. And so, I mean, at the end of the day, the, uh, you know he's got contingency plans. You know he wants to make a difference. But if they're really good, those coordinators are going to get snatched up anyway. So my question is, is of all those text messages that he claimed to get and all the names that have claimed to be interested to coach with him, were these the best? Or will he have the potential to pull an even bigger name in a couple of years if one of those guys move on to bigger and better things? So, you know, that's where I think we have – because, I mean, you saw, you know, Orgeron, they struggled last year. They weren't overly – they weren't a very good football team. Um, and and they made some changes by bringing Brady in and, and, and making him the passing game coordinator. Their staff is built a little different than a lot of other staffs where, you know, they have some – they have co-offensive and co – it's just a different situation. It's a different setup. So they did some things different. They're spending some money. Will Arkansas be willing to spend that kind of money? I mean, maybe maybe you do keep a Bryles and, a, and an Odom. I think an Odom more so than a Bryles. I think Bryles is a guy that that you do see in the next three to four years if this thing pops off that he'll get another head coaching opportunity. Whereas, you know, Odom's from this area. Odom's, you know, he's a Missouri guy. Uh, he's, he's This is his region. He's never really – what, Memphis, Missouri, and Arkansas has basically been all he's, he's done. And so, you know – is he a guy that you could throw 
two million a year at as a defensive coordinator, two point five at if you have to if we're that good, and he stays and keeps 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 things rolling on the defensive side of the ball. So yeah, long answer to your to your question is a little bit. Yes, <laughs> long answer to your question. Yes, I think that's what you're trying to build. Can it happen? I mean, the jury's still way out on that one. Well, let me let me answer your question if if about the the coordinators. I don't think I, I think I think the the better we get, like you said, if if this thing pops off in the next three or four years, I th- I do think you're going to find a better crop co- wanting to come in and get to that level, right? And yeah, I think Kendall Bryles, like I said, like you said, if this thing goes the distance like we want it to, he may get another shot. Yeah. So I mean, but, but do I? I think this is the best he could get at the moment. The the in the, the the shape that the program is in currently. Well, and I mean, he didn't do bad. That's for sure. I mean, he's he didn't do bad accept, at all. An exceptional staff. Um, when you when you just start looking at the numbers, what he had to work with, and how he made things work out. Trying to pull this up, our page is going really, really, really slow. There we go. So. You got Barry Odom at 1.2. He's the highest paid coordinator on staff. Uh, Kendall Bryles at 1 million, which is the first time we've ever paid an offensive coordinator that kind of money. Um, Brad Davis is at 550,000. So you start seeing also when you start looking at this at where the money was spent and what they feel is most important. They gave 2.2 million dollars to the coordinators, which is to be expected, but 2.2 million between your coordinators and then you have another million between your line coaches. So, I mean, you know what they're building. They've got guys, they put emphasis on the lines. They put them, and of course, your, your coordinators, but they put emphasis on those lines because then you go to Step, who's the only one retained from the previous staff at 400000 uh, John Cooper, who could be huge on the tight end side of things, um, got a really big opportunity there. Um, at 300000 Ryan Rhodes comes over at two twenty five. Jimmy Smith, the running backs coach, who is by all intents perfect. Now, he's – he he's your budget running back coach. And I don't mean that negatively towards him, but you got him cheap at 225,000. This dude might be some kind of special on the hill though. Um, running back you all over again. This guy's got the opportunity. One thing that, that, that I thought about Sam Carter's your other, he's your cornerbacks coach at uh, 225,000 a year as, as well. Um, but one other thing that I thought about when I saw this staff and you compare it to the staff that Chad Morris brought, this is a professional staff. I mean, this is this is an SEC caliber staff. You don't see guys that have only coached at the high school or low level. I mean, Barry Odom, ex head coach. So you you know you you compare that to Chief, who was on the downside of his career. Kendall Browse, ex head coach, very well thought of across the board in college football, was the offensive coordinator at Florida State. He's done a lot of great things. He did great things with Derek King at Houston. This guy's this guy's got it. I mean, compared to a compared Joe to Craddock. Joe Craddock, who who ha- has no idea what he was doing. Obviously, um, Brad Davis on the offensive line, a guy who's been a coordinator at Florida and Missouri, versus Dustin Fry, a guy no one even knew who the heck he was. Now, most offensive line coaches are not known. Nobody knew who Dustin Fry was. Nobody like you, Dustin Fry walked into a to a recruit's living room and was like, "Who are you?" Well, okay, I'm I'm gonna defend Coach Fry for a minute. I got to meet him once. Real nice guy. Oh, I'm sure. I'm, I'm, again, Real this nice is guy. Not- I I but 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 the thing is 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 that whole staff was way in over their head. Well, it was a JV crew. I mean, well, it, it, but it was. think about it. Think about it, Steve. Okay, these are all high school coaches that were coaching at a at a G5 level. Right. Okay. And you take them and you put them in a power five level, not even just a, any power five, in the toughest co- division and the toughest conference in the country. That's right. Okay. 
And you're asking that now again, I'm not defending any of their actions. But come on. Yeah, no, you're right. And you hit the nail on the head. They were in over their heads. I mean, again, there's a and then to have have an actual special teams coach. Now I know we brought uh what Laporto or whatever his name was from Colorado, Colorado State, um, in last year to, to do special teams. But like you know, like Will said a minute ago, I mean, Scott Fountain, that could be that could be the secret weapon of this staff when you think about the, the hires they made. I think I was reading earlier the guy's he's coached in like six national championships or four or something like that. Like, it's crazy. This guy, he's got a long track record of being a really good coach at a high level. And, of course, Justin Stepp is the only holdover. And for – I mean, he, by all intents and purposes, is probably the best coach that was here. I mean, when you think about his his ability Look to at reach, the talent. The oh. talent he's been able to bring in, his recruiting prowess. I mean, and the guy – it's not like he just – goes to one spot in Texas and grabs wide receivers. This guy's pulling wide receivers from all over the place. Yeah. So, I mean, it, you have to have this guy. Getting him getting him here, keeping him here at 400000 is great. But then, um, so, I mean, you you see where the money was spent, and I think they did the right thing. You know, they kept the right guy in Justin Stepp. You've got the right guy in here. You've got about $8 million tied up in this staff. Um, plus, you're going to have your uh, you're going to have your support staff and um, – Trey Biddy, Trey Biddy named the strength and conditioning coach earlier. It's the second command at Georgia, um, and I cannot right now remember his name. But Jamel, yeah, something, oh. something like that. I can't yeah. remember. We'd have to look it up. But um, so that's going to be our strength and conditioning coach is another Georgia uh, guy. So. But I honestly, I honestly believe that for the shape that our program is in currently. But again. I say that loosely because we've got the talent. Well, I don't know that we've got the talent. Well, but Steve, come on, look at it. Look, think about it, okay? Think about it. Look at the wide receivers. Look at who's coming back at running back, okay? Right, and, and that's fine. You develop, you develop KJ, and you get him an offensive line that can actually protect him. So, so let's think about that though for a minute. I mean, KJ's coming off a of shoulder surgery, so he's he had shoulder surgery here here recently, and so he's gonna. It, it, will he even be available for spring? Is is a true question, um, and an important question because you need him out there. Um, so I think that's 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 a serious issue there. But what I else mean, you got? Well, you, you don't right now, and that's the problem. And so you talk about you, you were saying we have the talent, and now I think I saw a thing twenty four seven has a deal. I'd have to pull it up, but twenty four seven has a deal that um, that. Should Joe's roster talent, and I think Arkansas is in the top thirty. So I mean, Arkansas has talent. I'm not saying that we don't. The problem is, is we have we we lack talent at very important pieces, and we've talked about this. We lack talent on the offensive line. We lack talent on the defensive line. We lack talent at linebacker. Well, uh, and, uh, are we sure we lack talent? And it's not just lack of coaching from the previous staff. No, I think we know we lack talent on those places. I mean, the the defensive line is questionable because there's talent on the defensive line. It's just either been misused. Um, you know, a, you know, again, a guy like Sosa Game who got bounced around to every position on the defensive line never got to sit in a, in, in an actual spot. So, I mean, yes, there's the defensive line. I would maybe agree with you, linebacker. We linebacker, have, linebackers, linebackers. We need help. Just, we need a lot of help. Got some today. We'll talk about I that mean, in a minute. But, Grant, Grant Morgan. Uh, God, who's uh, uh, baby Henry or middle Henry, bumper middle Henry, and, and bumper pool. You got three there that if yeah, you build them up, have one there. I don't, I don't, I don't mean that mean. I well, don't mean that. Look, I'm a, I'm a, I'm an overweight 36 year old dude sitting here saying that, but it's, it's the fact is that, look, for all that Grant Morgan and Hayden Henry are, they're not SEC, SEC linebackers. They have all the heart in the world. I, I, and Grant Morgan, dude, is something else. 
They're not SEC linebackers. See, I got to disagree with you. That's fine, but they're not. Well, but <laughs> under the previous staff, I don't think this was an SEC school at all. Yeah, but I mean, these guys are undersized and and, just, and not fast enough. Like I said, Grant Morgan plays with all kinds of heart. H- Hayden Henry is the reason why he doesn't play a whole lot. Um, you know, Grant plays a lot because he's got a ton of heart and and he makes up for his a lot like Drew did. I mean, Drew was undersized and talked down about, and no one gave him gave and him. And look a what in the world. happened though. Yes, again, he became a really good guy. That's what I'm saying. To me, Grant has the and again, Henry's got a great bloodline. But in terms of true linebackers. We just don't have them. We don't right now. I mean, Bumper really Look, is it. Drew Morgan was a three-star coming out of high school. Yep. They developed him into a potential four or five-star. Yeah, I wouldn't say that much. He was he just fit the slot position very well. But look at how he ended up, okay? Nobody looked at him. Arkansas took a chance on him. No, I don't. And again, and, and that's that was something else. We're, as we kind of switch gears here, staying in football, we're going to start talking about recruiting a little bit. Um, you know, that's important. So Arkansas – Extended an offer today to a 6'4", 215-pound linebacker out of Joe T. Robinson. He has since committed. He he committed this afternoon. Three hours after he got the offer. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean... That was quick. Yeah. I mean, Last he, name, Turner. I don't remember the first name. JT? Was it JT? JT Powers. JT Powers. Okay. Yeah. Um, hang on. I'm pulling all that information up right now. I knew there was a T in there somewhere. My J- bad. JT Towers. Sorry. Towers. Um... Thought it was Turner. My bad. Yeah, JT Towers six six four two fifteen. Um, committed. He was. I think he's still going to be here for an official visit. Um, was supposed to be here January thirty first through February second, but is working to move that up. That's a big piece. Now, my as I was saying that to kind of transition into that, this is where to me recruiting becomes extremely important, and it's interesting. So I know Towers isn't on a lot of lists. I think he's got offers from like ULM and Army. I mean, it's small schools. He doesn't have any big schools. But to me, a guy like JT Towers is what we should be looking for in this state. The guy has all the size. Take Go back, what was it? It's been five years now, I guess. Four or five years. However long, well, Pittman was here, so it's been a while. Um, when they identified a kid at camp from Northwest Arkansas, whose dream was to be a Razorback, who was 6'4", 220 pounds, runs a 4'3", and Brett Bielema goes, I don't know where to put you, so I'm not going to offer you a scholarship. Clemson's player. He's now Clemson's yes. best defensive player. Yes. So those are guys you don't pass on. I've, I think Towers runs a 4'5", four, 4'6", four, at 6'4", 215. That's a fast 40. You're going to put 15 pounds on him. He's not going to lose a step. Make him a rush defensive end. Even if you keep him even if you keep him at linebacker, yeah. he's going to have coverage skills at 6'4", 230 and be able to run with just about anybody on the field. You can't pass those kind of guys up. You just can't. And this guy's getting a full ride. I mean, he's the full scholarship he's committed. I, that's huge. And and this staff and Pittman understands that. And I think that at times the state of Arkansas does get undervalued on the on the players because we just don't get the we don't get they don't get the exposure. And and and, and certain things there's certain reasons for that. The, the the state is spread out. The the geographics of the state it makes it tough at times. But people people don't realize the amount of talent that's in this state that just needs to be developed. There's some size. There's some guys out there that can play football that really deserve a chance. Guy like Towers is that kind of guy. Uh, Terry Compton, uh, I think the TJ 
no, Terry Compton, I think, is another one who just got a preferred walk-on offer in the last couple of weeks. Those are guys that uh, that that really deserve a chance. You're, you're killing me over there, man. You I'm, know what's coming. I know what's coming, <laughs> and that's the thing. But, you keep you keep dropping the little hints at it, and I'm just like, here we go. Yeah. So I mean, but but I mean, think about Towers, 171 tackles this year, and he missed three games. 171, 47 for loss and 11 sacks. And he, I'm sorry, he missed four games. Was, yeah. Held offers from Army, Army, Navy, Tulsa, UL Monroe, and had a preferred walk-on spot to Texas Tech. So, hold on. He had 170 tackles in, like, eight games? Well, plus playoffs. So, well, 11 games. Of, maybe yeah, 12. Yeah, I was thinking with playoffs. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. So, yeah. That's, no, you're right, because that would have been a six. That's 20 yeah, tackles 10. a game. Yeah. Yeah. Well, not – yeah. That's about 20 a game. That's a little more than 20. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. The kid is unbelievable. So, I mean, and again, it's just these are guys that they got to get on campus to to develop. To develop. And, and you think about and it. That's what, that's what I was trying to get at with the talent that we've got up there now. You develop the – because, look, as much as, as much as we got cut flack for the, the, the previous team and the, and the fact that we were so negative and all the, from, from all the fans and everything, they didn't know what they were doing. Some I, of them Some of them did. Some of them did. But they didn't develop the talent that they have. I agree. And again, to your point, when you start thinking about the differences between the staff that's here and you think about a a difference between a Davis and a Fry and those two guys and and the difference they're going to do in just teaching alone um, and their knowledge of the game, that's going to make a big difference. So I, I, I agree with you in the point that I think we will see a lot better from a fundamental standpoint, we'll see much better fundamental football. From a recruiting standpoint, I think, you know, Pittman comes in and talks about recruiting on steroids and how they're going to really, and, and they are, they're going to go after the, the four and five star talent. But the thing that Pittman gets, and this is where I think Morris got lost, and not to just continue to beat a dead horse and go back to that, but I think it's There's important. There's no horse left, Steve. Right. Well, but I think it's important. I do I do think it's important <laughs> to, to, to put the two together so that people can kind of start to get an understanding of where the, the direction of where this is going. So, Morris, I think, was tunnel visioned into the four and five star idea. So he looked from a tunnel vision standpoint and he found the best players in his recruiting geographical footprint and said, I'm going after those guys. I told these people that I have connections in Texas, so I'm going to go to Texas and I'm going to find the four best four and five star guys that I can find that'll commit to the University of Arkansas. And that's what he did. And, and for the most part, he said, screw you to the state of Arkansas. And, and, and I say that by a guy like Jacoby Criswell. Mm-hmm. Look, for all that Chandler Morris may end up being at Oklahoma, where he ended up committing, Jacoby Criswell has better size, better mechanics, and is an all-around better football player than Chandler Morris at this point in his career. The one thing that Chandler Morris does well is run the RPO system that his daddy taught him and that he's ran his entire life. And then he's going to go run at Oklahoma. So – Congratulations. But the fact of the matter is you had a better quarterback an hour and a half from your football stadium that wanted to come to or wanted to come and play in that stadium more than anything in his life and you basically told him to go screw himself. Morris did that with a lot of guys in this state. There's a lineman at, o, at, at Ole Miss right now that should be in Fayetteville. There's a lineman in Conway that's committed to Ole Miss right now that we better hope and pray Pittman can, can get, his, get him switched to come to Arkansas versus going to play for Ole Miss because he's a huge piece of what we could do on the offensive line. There's another guy that wasn't going to come here and play for Chad Morris. Chad Morris ignored pieces in this state who really – 
wanted to be Razorbacks and and had the talents to be Razorbacks and could be developed into something that would be instead of having to come in here and, and, and be an immediate contributor, could be here in two to three in two to three years and be an on field contributor. That's what this program needs. They need four and five stars. Don't get me wrong. But they need guys like JT Towers. They need guys like that that want to be on the hill, that want to be part of this program, that have the size and ability, and and that that can be developed into something in the next couple of years to team up with those guys. That's what makes Arkansas successful, and that's what they have to have. So I think that Pittman – I know that Pittman gets that, and, he, and him and this staff are going to do extremely well on that. So – on the recruiting front, because I can, Zach's over there chomping at the bit, and and Will's over here like, please don't bring this up. Do I get an offer, a preferred walk-on offer to Arkansas? Sure. Apparently, they're yes. handing them out to anybody at this point in time. It's like Oprah. You get an offer. You get an offer. Before we jump headfirst into this, uh, screw it. Let's just jump yeah. right ahead. <laughs> so, so I okay. So I want to. I'm. I, We're not. Wait, 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 I finally got it. Hold on. We're not dogging anybody. Oh, I'm fixing to. Well, we're not, we're not, we're not attacking anybody. Yeah, per se. I'm not personally attacking. No, anybody, we're not personally. So. But, but, but. <laughs> Look, I'm not going to sugarcoat this. You can, you can, you can sit over there and stutter all about it you want. But the fact is, is that a a an individual in this state who is supposedly a recruitable athlete I... lied and faked a preferred walk-on offer to the University of Arkansas. I can confirm this based off of a lot of information that happened on that day. Zach's got something to say. Go ahead. He's not a recruitable athlete on a D1 level. Oh, Bring it down. Forever. Bring it down. Sorry, I was trying to figure Bring. out the words to say it. Look, he's, 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 he's an athlete, okay? He is. But he's just, he doesn't have, he doesn't have the SEC caliber. He is not D1 caliber. Okay, so, so let's, let, so first off, for anybody that doesn't at this point know oh, what we're talking hurt. about, we're talking oh. about John Oliver out of Helena Central, whatever West Helena, whatever high school he's from over there, and, and and so this is a this is a this is a kid. Now now give him credit. I'm going to give him this credit. He has worked his butt off, or whoever's behind the scenes doing it for him, because it's not just him, have worked really hard to market this kid. And and certain people in the media have made bad decisions by giving him some press and pub at times when they shouldn't and made him think he was more important than he was. And last week, I don't remember the day. When did that happen? Um, <laughs> so much craziness well, me, has happened. Anyway, last week he, he tweets, or he, I guess it was on Facebook, puts out a message. Dear God, my Twitter's blown up. Yeah, sends out a message stating that he had gotten a preferred walk-on offer from Arkansas. Now, anyone that's followed the story knows that this is a 6'2", 250-pound, 260-pound, something like that running back that he, he's just not, like you said, he's not a Division One athlete. He's He has a JUCO offer. Um, he has the ability to go play at Last Chance U at Independence Community College. I do know that for a fact that he has that offer. What you got? I'm gonna have to show this to you, and, I and I, 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 it, the the person he retweeted, had, I blocked for a reason, oh. but I think you'll be able to figure it out. I don't, I don't want to know, do I? I can't see what we're doing. Okay, so here. while they're sitting here <laughs> looking at each other's phones, I, you know, this is you, you see it, didn't you? Yeah. I, <coughs> and, and as much as we want to get onto this 
person for the way they have handled this whole situation. I am extremely irritated, frustrated, upset, whatever word you want to use, at the adult that is behind the scenes that has put into this kid's head that he is a Division One SEC caliber player when the guy knows he's not. Yeah. And he is even, this guy that's behind the scenes has even confronted me on Facebook after one of our live shows when I said that he was not Division One SEC caliber. He asked me for my phone number and he called and continued to give me a 20-minute lecture on why I should not say that kind of stuff because it hurts kids' feelings. December 29th is when that all hit. Okay, so about a week and a half ago. Yeah, yeah. so so to your point, <clears throat> I don't care if you're going to hurt the kids' feelings because the kids' feelings are going to be hurt even worse when something like what Nothing just happened. happened. Yeah, when he yeah. doesn't when he doesn't get the offer. Here's so I'm just going to give the rundown because I, I was I was the one that broke the fact that he lied. I was the one that did the digging to find out exactly what had happened. I ended up getting several messages from people within the media, including a coach on staff at the university who gave me information into this entire situation. I can tell you right now that, and and we all know this, John Oliver has not heard from or been in touch with any coach at the university of Arkansas. John Oliver was never offered a scholarship or a preferred walk on at the university of Arkansas. John Oliver has never been offered an unofficial visit. John offers Oliver has never been offered to come on an official visit. John Oliver has never been actually actively recruited by the university of Arkansas. When this story came out, it was pretty easy immediately to see when you saw the number. So first off a number was created this phone number that he was texted from that was supposedly from Coach Davis was created two days, December 27th. We did the research. December 27th was when that number was created. Natural State Sports Investigates. Two days later, John Oliver is putting out after. Now, mind you, this is after another in-state athlete announced his, his actual confirmed preferred walk-on offer from the University of Arkansas. Uh Terry Com- Compton. Compton. I, I, yeah. La- Last name Compton. Yeah. Um, he got a, he, he has a confirmed preferred walk on offer right after that is when Oliver dropped his message on Facebook claiming to be from coach Davis upon investigation. The number that was supposedly coach Davis, a coach from Missouri who had just been, who had just been hired on the Arkansas coaching staff in Northwest Arkansas, supposedly has a 501 phone number and he's already pre-programmed into your phone. Give me a break. Yeah. See, that's what, that's what threw me for a loop was he's already got a 501 number in well, a 479 area code. And a coach that just got here from Missouri. So I mean, and, that then, was, and, and then he's already in your phone. Yeah. I, and I know, so I reached out to that number. I got one response. It never responded again after that. But I do know that and that someone who knows Oliver extremely well did reach out to that phone number and got a response. And immediately when that phone, when that person answered the phone, this person was referred to by a name that only John Oliver knows. Really? Yeah. And the only way they would have known that he calls him that would to have been in contact with John Oliver directly. So that alone tells me all I need to know in terms of who's behind this and who's involved. The coach that I spoke to has also confirmed that he has, he wouldn't share it, but he has evidence that John Oliver is behind the situation and that he does have something to do with it being with this whole thing being staged and that he was going to share that information with all the coaches when they got back on staff or we got back from, from being gone for the holidays. So, so basically any chance this kid had, whether it be big, small, whatever, 
of ever becoming a Razorback is probably done. Well, hang on. I'll tell you exactly what this coach told me. Let me pull up my messages here. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. What's happening? Oh, nothing. Just waiting for you. <laughs> Let's see. Where'd it go? So, yeah, basically said that he has been offered a JUCO scholarship to Independence Community College. That's the only legit offer and best chance at going D when he had. Any remote, small possibility he ever had of getting at the University of Arkansas is officially gone. So for those who thought that he had a chance to end up at the University of Arkansas, he's not. He never was. And this situation has grown legs to a point where it's it, it's gotten out of hand. And and the one thing, you know, we are in a position here where we like to try to help athletes. Look, I've been attacked on this thing saying I'm attacking this kid, and I'm not. I want any kid that's got the ability to get a free ride to, to, to college to go to college and get that free education. It's expensive, but it's invaluable in your future. Well, and I'm, I'm going to go ahead and come to your defense, not just because you're on staff here, but as a person that was watching it from the from the from the outside there was no personal attack on your part. No. And, and I mean, and I, I never intended there to be, but I, you know, that's been thrown up many times. My intent was never to personally attack anybody. My intent was just to, you know, once I found out what had actually happened, because there was a lot of questions, you know, my intent at that point was just to, to report what I had been told and right. what we had heard. And, and there were people reaching out to me while I was digging for info. There were people reaching out to me, giving me info from what they knew. So, I mean, it's, you know, I have sources, a lot more after the situation, which is interesting. But I mean, so so my point, though, is that we want any kid to succeed that has the opportunity to succeed. I, I want any kid that can get a scholarship to go play a, a, the, the sport they love and get a free education, do it however you can get there. But this is not how you do it. And this is not how you this is not how this is not how you you put take the personal feel of some of the things that this kid has tweeted out and put out there. Take that and push it to the side. Making up a story about a preferred walk on opportunity walk on a an actual scholarship opportunity into that it, it serves no one any good and it doesn't help him because he's not going to force the university into giving him anything and and they're not just going to hand out a scholarship just because you're popular on social media and you want to be a razor yeah and so i mean if that was the case i should have gotten a scholarship 20 years ago you know i mean because I've, I've wanted to be a razorback a long time so you know i've got passion i love the hogs I wanted to be a Razorback. Heck, give me one now. You know, I mean, <laughs> I wanted to be a Razorback. I yeah. wanted my name in concrete on the senior walk. Right. So, okay. I mean, so, I mean, at the end of the day, he's, you know, he's burnt any opportunity he had. Switching gears back to good recruiting. <laughs> and then we'll move on here. So, You're like a ping pong table. Pop, 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 I know, pop, right? Pop, pop. Well, I couldn't. And y'all made fun of me. I couldn't get past Zach's faces over there. Well, I he does have some weird faces. I know, right? So, two, two, two things on recruiting and, and we'll move on. But, um, Big recruiting visit weekend coming up. So the 16th of January is the end of the dead period. The first weekend that we'll actually have folks on on uh, on campus will be that weekend. I mean, they're jumping all over it. As of right now, Savion Williams, wide receiver out of Marshall, Texas. Montra Edwards, defensive lineman out of Mississippi. Jaqueline, Jaqueline Green, or sorry, Jaqueline McGee, D lineman out of Peach County, Georgia. Um... Eric Thomas from Booker T. Washington in Pensacola, Florida as a defensive end. 
uh, already signed Jashad Stewart and Cottrell Wallace. Um, will both also be on campus for officials that weekend. Kendarius Moore is an, in, is an interesting in-state guy that started to pick up a lot of steam here over the last few weeks. Um, he's going to be on, on campus. Brennan Scott is a linebacker out of Dallas, Dallas Bishop Dune, another big linebacker that we really, and I think we've got a good shot at. Um, Ja'Corey Turner is a linebacker of Atlanta. Kari Johnson, a corner out of Boston, Mass, of all places. Um, Rashad Battle, a corner out of Georgia. There's a lot of Georgia flavor to these guys coming in. Wonder why. Uh, let's see. Raquan Starks is a corner out of Harvey Helen Cox. Nick Turner, who just committed to Arkansas out of New Orleans, brother Martin. Uh, Mike Harris, who was a commitment. I think he's now... F- Maybe he hasn't decommitted yet. I, have I don't to think he's that. decommitted yet. Yeah, he is. I still, I think, believe he's still committed. Uh, safety out of Phoenix, six, Phoenix City, Alabama. Alan Horace, who was committed at tight end. Um, those are all guys that are set to be here for that weekend. Um, that just so happens to coincide with the weekend that we play Kentucky. Sold out, Bud Walton Arena. Yeah, and that game that game is sold out, and Arkansas got a huge piece of news today concerning that weekend on the basketball front. Um, highly recruited out of St. Mark's, Dallas, Texas, Harrison Ingram, a 6'7", 205-pound shooting forward in the class of 2021, the number 14 player in the nation, number three player at his position, has confirmed that he will be in Fayetteville on an official, well, says it's official, said they may have to move it, may have to make it an official. But either way, he will be here for that Kentucky game. Bud Walton fans, you better be loud. Bud Walton will explode. They had another, they had a big recruiting weekend this past weekend. I know K.K. Robinson was up there. Um, the kid out of, the five-star out of Oklahoma was up there. Hey, let me ask you something about these recruits, because I'm, I'm going to go ahead and be up front and say, I don't know jack crap about recruiting. Mm-hmm. Okay. When a recruit comes on, uh, a football recruit comes on campus, and it's not football season. Are they just looking at facilities? I mean, how does that how does that play out? So typically, so typically your your players that are most players are actually going to take an official visit. Like if it's a football player is going to take an official visit on a non-game weekend. And the reason is is because it allows them an opportunity to spend time with the coaches. And that's why they're here. If they're on an official visit, which an official visit means the university can pay for them plus two family members to come along with them. Usually mom and dad. So, yeah, typically you get mom and dad, you get the player gets to come up, the university pays for your 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 travel, they pay for your food, your lodging, everything while you're here. Um, and you get, you know, tickets if you're here for a game, you get tickets to the game. But so in an unofficial visit, you have to pay your own way. You still can get tickets to the game, but you have to pay your own way to get here is the main difference between official and unofficial um and so um so yeah so i mean from from what what was your question again i just blanked trying to give that when a football player and again i'm asking for people that don't that usually don't know when a football player comes in like on off season right like right now okay so yeah so the reason most of those guys come in the off season is for that it's to get get an idea of support staff to understand what they're going to be going through when they get here to see the facilities to meet with the coaches to actually get a more of a personal time when they so when these guys come here the, the benefit to coming on an unofficial visit is that they get to see everything in action they get to see what's going on on game day the prep how the coaches work with each player and a lot of guys will come for camps and unofficial visits during spring and fall for that exact reason they get to come in they get to they get to watch how they, they basically they evaluate the coaches and see how the coaches work with different position groups when they come for their officials again like i said it's usually when there's not a game so that they can have that one-on-one time with coaches when things aren't going crazy they can build that relationship so that's okay. that's the biggest that's your biggest reason your biggest difference well that was, that was kind of what my question was because i mean 
as a recruit, I, I'd want to see the game day atmosphere mo- most importantly. Yeah, and, and that's why guys can come as many times as they want on unofficial visits because they're coming for one reason. They're, see, they're coming to see that, to hang out with the players, to get a little bit of coach bonding time. They're going to get a little one-on-one time with your head coach, with your position coach. But then for the most part, they're here to, in, to enjoy the moment, to enjoy what's going on, which is why it's been probably pretty darn difficult to, to be able to, uh, to recruit to Arkansas here in this last, especially 12-month period is – the on-field, the in-game atmosphere has not been great. No. And so, but things can make up for that. You know, you start thinking about, as guys start coming in, they do the, so that think about the atmosphere that those players are going to see at a sold-out sold Bud Walton Arena. And this is where each sport really helps the other. Guys will come up here and it's part of campus life. So these guys come up here and they're all with the students and everybody hanging out, going crazy at a basketball game. And, a sold-out basketball game in a game that we all know is going to be absolutely rocking and crazy, those guys get to enjoy it. So not only do they get their one-on-one time, but then they get that campus atmosphere time at the game. And so it's a big plus. And the same thing will happen come baseball season. You'll have guys in here for basketball or, or Can different things. Can you imagine recruits coming in here and – watching a baseball game and seeing how crazy that's oh, student, happened. That student section gets it's happened. It happens. A I lot. sat right next to the student section at, at in the hog panel at bomb. Oh, that's a rabbit hole, but Holy cow. The, man. the hog pen alone is wild. I mean, it's, it's, it's a wild and crazy. Atmosphere. I cannot wait to get back. So that means you're going to be doing a recruiting show, right? Yes, so I guess we can go ahead and officially announce that. Finally, so yeah, no, I've been pushed it's and about pushed time. and pushed. So we talked about this yesterday, and I guess we have agreed on January twenty second. So two weeks from the time this podcast hits your airwaves, um, we will do a live uh, a live recruiting show on Facebook um, at uh, the Natural State Sports on our on our Facebook page. Um, I believe eight eight thirty. We'll get more information out, but put it in your calendars. Don't worry, people. I'm not hosting. Yeah, it's gonna be me. I might let Zach come. No, I won't. No, you won't. <laughs> I'll be in the comments asking questions for one of the fans. Okay. Well, I will do my best. Like, um, they, and they they've known this for three years. I know jack crap about recruiting. Yeah. Well, the cool thing is, is on the twenty second, we'll have a really good idea of what comes out of that weekend. Uh, the official visits, the basketball visitors. Um, try to get some comments between now and then of from from some of those guys that come um and that so um yeah i mean january 22nd look for it we're going to be live on facebook um should be a lot of fun tune in i think we'll try to do through the the following three weeks leading up to february 5th signing day inside the natural state is brought to you by mountain valley spring water since 1871 bottled in the washita mountains in glass bottles visit mountainvalleyspring.com to find your local distributor it's a good water man it is. It is some really, really. Yeah. Good. I drink like five bottles a day. <laughs> I need a bottle right now. So, so as we uh, as we continue on here, we're starting to get to that point where we're going to close things up. Appreciate you. I'm going to drink my Mountain Valley Spring Water. It's too bad I'm not on camera. We could. It's in a glass bottle. You hear this? Listen to this. Well, that doesn't do us any good. Hang on. No, I need glass. Can you hear that? Yeah. <laughs> it's in glass bottle. Pretty cool. And it tastes so different in the glass bottle than it does in plastic bottles. It does. It's like you don't have to worry. I mean, it, the bottles are already BPA-free bottles, uh, so they don't have you know all the toxins in the in the plastic and stuff. But it's just I don't know. It's a different taste in it's the glass good. And, and in the plastic. So that's for sure. It is good. So 
Wanted to talk a little bit about the NFL playoffs. I'm out. Wait, hold yeah, on. Wait, 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 wait. Yeah, I, got wait I got a question. Wait, I got a question. I got a question. I do too. Can I ask mine first? What? Did the Cowboys make the playoffs? I they think, will. They will soon I, if yeah, if Mike McCarthy yeah. can. But no, uh, I think Zach was gonna ask, "What are the playoffs?" <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> he doesn't know what they fan. are as a Cowboys fan. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, I was a youngin when yeah. the last time they actually legitimately actually a made a no, because they've made the playoffs here recently. Won a, won a playoff game, but to make a deep run. By the way, Dez caught that catch. I'm still. We don't care. Shut up. I'm still saying we it. We don't care. We don't care. I'm sorry. Where are the Patriots playing next week? Huh? From the couch. <laughs> Did the Cowboys make the playoffs? Not this year. No. Six rings in 20 years. Shut up. <laughs> oh. Six rings in 20 years. Whoop-dee-doo. Who was uh, it? Whoever the guys were on ESPN after that game or on channel, whatever, NBC, whoever, whatever the game was on, um, were talking about after the game that they truly don't believe Brady will be back next year. I don't there's, think. I mean, there's a good chance that he may not just retire. But him going to another team, I just can't he, see. He won't be going to another team. I can tell you that. And I've been trying to keep up with some news from up there and everything. But the the overwhelming majority think that he's going to come back probably for one more year, if anything, because he doesn't want to end his career with that pick game. Six. Well, yeah, pick six. With a pick six. <laughs> for, for a quarterback that's arguably one of the greatest of all time, He's not going. He's a cheater. He's not a cheater. <sighs> they taped the they, Bengals. Every team does anything. that. There's a reason why every coach puts their I find hand it over f- their mouth. I find it funny, though. I do. I find it funny that they come out the night of the Patriots playoff game and say that sanctions will be coming down within two weeks of them recording the Bengals, okay. and then all of a sudden the Patriots just lose. So let's go back. So if you want to say... How far back you want to go? I'm going to go far back. Oh, boy. So you're you're going all the way back to what's, what they call Spygate. No, no, no. Yes, I'm, what, I'm no, just saying... Hold on, hold on. Spygate was legal when it happened. When that was the Jets, wasn't it? That was, yeah, something about recording the Jets or something like that. that was, or no, that was that Deflategate. Was, no, that wasn't Deflategate. That... That was legal when it happened. Whatever the they got in trouble for with uh, Spygate was legal at the time that it happened. The next thing that they were accused of was Deflategate, okay, where they said that he deflated the balls to help him him throw or the receivers catch or whatever. They didn't watch that game, apparently, because in the first half, he was 12 or no, he was 9 of 21. He still remembers yards. this, Steve. Yes, 9 of 21 for 90 yards, a touchdown, and an interception. He looked like crap. Second half with properly inflated balls, 9 for 12, 180 yards, two <laughs> touchdowns, no interceptions. Are you saying Giselle they came and saw him at halftime? <laughs> I was going to say it, but you they, beat me they, to it. They were up 17 to 7 at the half. They won 45 to 7. <laughs> so they, they outscored the Colts 28 to nothing in the second half. Not only that, but with this whole deflate gate thing, guess what? Uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers turned in the the same Indianapolis Colts team three weeks earlier for tampering with football air pressure. And then there have been scientists. <laughs> Jamie Winston out. still couldn't there throw been, anything. Well, he wasn't in the league then. Um, but the there have been scientists that come out and have said that the deflated balls would not help him. And then on top of that, just the air temperature change from the warm locker room to the cold outside, it was 
January in, yeah. in Boston. Yeah. I mean, so it's cold. And on top of that, but then the next thing they say was cheating was this was this filming Cincinnati. So there were people at Cincinnati and and New England that knew that it was happening before it happened because they're doing some kind of documentary yeah. film. And the only problem here was the Patriots, whoever was supposed to, forgot to inform the league of it. That's the only thing with this thing. Well, and and what are they gaining by filming the Bengals? Exactly. I mean, maybe so, they should have filmed the Dolphins. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, the whole <laughs> they beat them. Fitzpatrick magic, whatever they want to call that. But yeah. I mean, so, Ryan Fitzpatrick and Eli Manning seem to be the only two quarterbacks who can rightfully beat the Patriots. Yeah, you want to talk Tannehill. about a you want to talk about a quarterback that no Tannehill didn't. <laughs> okay, Caleb, They're fine, Derrick Henry, but still, <laughs> but no, um, talk about a quarterback that. Played or that benefited from great defenses is Eli Manning. He was in the league for how long? I mean, fifteen years. Somebody asked like five times. Somebody yeah. asked me the other day, and I don't remember. I think it was Katie. Um, I re- but I really don't remember. He, they asked me, does, "Is Eli Manning uh, uh, worthy of no. being in the Hall of Fame?" No. Yeah, I think he is. Two Super Bowls, two Super Bowls, but he but is. he didn't win the Super Bowl. He was, I mean, was he not MVP he was one a quarterback. Of them? Well, he was MVP of the 07. He was MVP of 07, I think. Yeah. That's just because of Tyree's lucky catch on, on the, the helmet. Man, lucky. That was a hell of a catch. That was luck. So <laughs> I, I, I got to ask Steve because he's rather calm with his team coming up playing this weekend, Steve. Yeah. The Niners, man. Hey, our 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 path just got a little easier with what happened in New Orleans this weekend. So they got screwed. Otherwise again. we'd be playing we'd be playing Seattle again this week. No, Three years they didn't in a get row. Screwed because guess what? You're at home in the Superdome against a team that in a regular season you would have beat by twenty one. Was that interference though? Was that offensive pass interference? Yes. Interference. But yeah. if you watch the whole play, I think you could have called it either way because the defender had hands on him past five yards. Is that it, 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 so, I'm pretty I mean, sure that's why the refs didn't call it because he could have called it either way. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter. They were there, they were in that position, so Throw offsetting penalties, play it over from what the three. I mean, yeah, the game they were losing that game anyway. So in the NFC, you've got Vikings, Niners, and Seahawks, Packers. In the AFC, you've got the Titans, Ravens, and the Texans and the Chiefs. Yep, you're gonna have the Seahawks versus 49ers as your really. Nah, NFC. I don't yeah. think so, really? man. I yeah. think the Packers take care of the Seahawks. I was gonna say I'm I'm gonna go pack on that in one. In Green Bay, I don't know what the weather's gonna be like, but oh, okay. at, at well, Green it Bay, be different if it's at Green Bay. It's at yeah, Lambeau. it's at it's, it's at Lambeau. Lambeau so yeah, it's gonna be icy, snowy type weather. That's a different story. But hey, if it's clear weather, you never know. If we can get games like we got this weekend, I don't really care. I mean, as long as the Niners win. But you had four games, great games, four all one score games. I mean, Katie was two and zero on the Saturday night games. Yeah, so so the yeah. Bills, the Bills, and their epic collapse. I I took the Patriots in that game. I took the Patriots and the Bills because they were up sixteen nothing, and of course the Patriots are well the Patriots. Yeah, well the, the so the Bills had their collapse, lost twenty two to nineteen in overtime. The Titans one score win over the Patriots. And then the craziness of that Viking Saints game and how that game ended up going down, losing in overtime. And then, of course, the Seahawks and Eagles was an eight-point game, and if the Eagles would have just kicked field goals instead of continuing to go for it, they might have won that game. So, I mean, just just a Carson wild. Wentz out won yeah, it and that, again and that's with huge. a concussion. Yeah, I mean, and have you now – I think there's some questions on that Jadavion Clowney hit because he sure speared his head straight down into the. See, back I didn't, head. I didn't see the the actual hit. It's been played a lot on social media, and it's it's pretty rough. So, but as we start looking at this weekend, so Saturday at three thirty, you got the Niners and the Vikings kick things off. Is um, that in 
San, San Fran. Francisco. Yeah, San Francisco's number one overall. They got well, number one in the NFC. <laughs> Ravens are number one overall. So I'm I'm betting money it's gonna be Ravens Niners. Again. Let's let's hope the lights don't go out this time. But but here's my <laughs> question for you, you know, 49er Steve. Uh-huh. Can your defense contain Lamar Jackson? No. I mean, they weren't. No one can. And and but San Francisco, I think, out of I mean, I didn't watch all the Ravens games, but San Francisco seemed to play them the best out of anybody. Where's um, the Where's the Super Bowl at this year? Is it in Tampa? It, I thought it was in Atlanta. I think it is in Atlanta again. The new Mercedes Men's Stadium. Hang on, let's look that up. Or was it in Minnesota? At their new stadium. Uh, they, we, didn't they just have it up there? Maybe they just had maybe. it up there okay, so a few Atlanta. years ago, yeah. I think it is Atlanta's think new one. Because they just got it in San Francisco. Yeah, I bet it's Atlanta. Uh, it's not coming up. But anyway, so, um, yeah, I mean, the good thing for San Francisco at this point is the path just got easier. So instead of having to face Drew Brees, you face Kirk Cousins. Potentially, uh, instead of facing Russell Wilson, and, and don't take anything away from Rodgers, but they'll potentially face Rodgers. They manhandled Green Bay a few weeks ago. And not saying they're going to manhandle Green Bay again. It is the playoffs, and it's different. But Green Bay's not they're, – they're, they're, that's just not as dynamic a Green Bay team as they could be. San Francisco's got a really nice run here. And, and I mean, even if it's Seattle, that game's always – that game, both games this year have been great. I don't see them – I mean, it is the playoffs. Knock on wood, I probably shouldn't say that. But I don't see them having a ton of issues with Minnesota. Um, now, I think that the – you know, your other game Saturdays, the Titans and the Ravens. I just can't see the Titans giving the Ravens a game uh, at all. I can't. It the, depends on what offensive line shows up for Tennessee because, I mean – I didn't see Henry going for 180 against the Patriots. Yeah, but can but he did? Are the, are the Titan? The thing is, is the Titans aren't built to score 40 points either. No, no. And, and if but there's ground and, and and their defense, their defense cannot cannot under any circumstances contain Lamar Jackson. Well, well most I mean, can't. They'll Brables, slow him down. Raples a defense. Well, yeah, but I think that that's where their offensive running pound the ball. Offense slows the game down or, you know, speeds the game. I mean, speeds the time up, but right. slows the game down. Slows the tip where the, they run the clock and give Lamar Jackson's not six possessions in the game yeah. to score 40 points. Well, so. I am going to go ahead and go out and say that the Saturday games won't be close. I think you're going to see double-digit wins by both teams. Who's playing Saturday in those games? San Francisco, Vikings, Niners, and- Tennessee, and Baltimore. Yeah. I'll say both of them stay within 14. I mean, you got to think. I think both. Uh, I'm going to go at I'm least 21 like, with that Ravens team. Oh, no. I think the, I, I'm with you. I think they'll stay within 14. I just I think, think it'll I'm be like a double a 31, digit. 31 17, uh, maybe 38, yeah. 28 top game. I think it'll be 10 plus in both games. I don't think you'll see one possession games in those two. Um, both are getting to play the lowest seeds left. And so, I mean, I don't think anybody seen, saw that coming that the six seeds would still be alive on both sides. So, I mean, because they are the six, right? It's the playoffs. That's right. It's, I mean, anything can happen. Anything can happen yeah. in the playoffs. So, so I mean, I'm. You know, I wouldn't know as a Cowboy fan. We we you know yeah, now that's your fault. The fumble bump. Hey, now well, Sundays I, Sundays I, games I think I are going to be Zach S iPhone. Okay. <sighs> Hi Thank Alexa. You. Off. Okay, that did that just freak everybody out? No, no, really. it's Alexa. They're listening to you at all times. It's the FBI, but yeah, yeah. Whatever. so but I, I and it's I do think Iran. Sunday, 
I do think Sunday's games will be really good. I think you you got Texans Chiefs. I think that game will be really good. Seahawks Packers I think could be really good. Um, I I like the Niners. I like the Ravens. I like the Texans, and I like the Packers this weekend. See, I got to disagree with you on the Chiefs Texans game. Is that at Arrowhead or is it it's at Arrowhead? Arrowhead. See, I got to give I got to give the edge to to to, to uh, Kansas City on that one. But I, I like I like the Niners. Um, Ravens over the Titans, yeah, hands down. Chiefs over the Texans, and then of course the Pack over the Seahawks. I will say this: I make that pick in the Texans Chiefs game completely without knowing what the weather is going to be like in that game. If the weather is windy and cold and nasty, the Chiefs will run all over them and win that game. I think going away. If the weather is is manageable and they can throw the ball, then I think will be. I think I think the Texans will win that game. So. That's about all I got on the NFL. Um, so we move on a little bit. I got one little bone to pick here before we uh, we move on to the end of this thing. Oh, crap. Um, what I do now? That's not you. So we talked Will, about what this. what did you do? We talked about this a little bit earlier. <laughs> we, we brought this up somewhat. It kind of got talked about in passing. But Mississippi State firing Joe Moorhead, who admittedly, did come out and say in the press conference after the Egg Bowl that if they wanted to get rid of him, they'd have to come and fire his Yankee ass. So, I mean, well, I mean, <laughs> that's what they did. They came and fired his You can't Yankee get ass. any more plain than that. But so I have to question number one, where the hell is the media at right now? Where is the media that came chomping at the bits to take to say everything negative they could about the University of Arkansas and their decision to fire Chad Moore? Now, we're not in Mississippi. We don't see Mississippi stuff, but I'll say this. We all follow a lot of blue check media people on social media. Does that really mean anything, though? I mean... It means you're verified, but I mean... I could get verified. No, you couldn't. No, it takes a lot. But but so... How y'all just going to shoot that down? Because it's it's true. Because it's true. (laughs) But I mean, so so from that perspective, I mean, so when you think about... um, You made me lose my train of thought again. Killing me. So we haven't seen a whole lot of of feedback from the national media really dogging on Mississippi state. That was not a pun intended pun. (laughs) Well, and and, you know, I I saw something on Twitter the other day. Um, You had the player that, that peed like a dog, right? But it, I think it was more internal. I think they were borderline loss of in- institutional control no, almost. Not the like player that. that peed was old Miss player, wasn't it? it was, yeah, that had nothing to do with that. Yeah, the, so. There was a fight in the locker room yeah, where yeah, their yeah, quarterback, quarterback got his jaw broke and, and all that stuff and whatever. Well, but, but I mean, so from that from that perspective, you know, I can see I, there has been some talk of turmoil in the locker room and different things. There's been the talk, and of course, old Miss, I mean, Mississippi State came out and made the comment that you know, well, he didn't fit, and I agree with that. From a geographically, it was a lot of like we talked about with Luke Fickle. If he would have got hired at Arkansas, the, the ge- geographically it didn't make sense. He'd never been to the South. Moorhead had never been to the South, and so this was, I mean, it was a culture shock situation. But Joe Moorhead was 14 and 12 overall at, at Mississippi State. Beat his rival both times. Went to bowl games both years. Yes, neither year was to the expectations of what Mississippi State wants. But again, let's be real. We're going to sit here and talk about Arkansas. We're going to talk about Arkansas fans and our realistic expectations. Mississippi State needs to look in the mirror and think about their realistic expectations. Dan Mullen hit lightning in a bottle in what was his last year? Ten wins? Did they get to ten in his best year? I think so. Nine or ten. They didn't go any better than that. I think nine and three was a regular season one bowl game to get them to ten. Yeah, so I mean – 
and now you're firing a guy for basically going seven and six on average over two years. Well, I, I'm not, I'm not saying that Moorhead would have been a long-term answer. I just think that Moorhead deserved to get a third year in this circumstance, being an above 500 coach, they actually won power five games. They destroyed Arkansas. So they weren't the bottom of the barrel. They were respectable. They won their rivalry game. They went to bowl games. They had a good recruiting class. And on top of that, let me, let me just say this. How dirty is it of Mississippi state to have known back when Arkansas and Ole Miss and Missouri made their moves. Arkansas made it first. Missouri and Ole Miss were after that. And at that time, there was talk of Joe Moorhead being fired. Nope, Joe Moorhead's our head coach. He's going to stay. You go through an early signing period, you allow all those kids to sign, and their only way out is the school has to let them out of that LOI because they have signed to go to the University of Ole Miss. So you've now taken an entire recruiting class and handcuffed them, and then you fire their coach. And then you have to you have the new you have the new coach coming in that essentially is going to have to be have to deal with the hand of players you know with a new class that he didn't recruit yeah and he didn't sign with this you know even the very short period of time he has as a head coach so you have Morehead who signed twenty five players that is going to fit his systems but if they go get a coach you know of course the names come up as Mike Leach say him. <laughs> Urban Meyer's also been thrown in the well, yeah, right. you know, the, that's the myth <laughs> yeah. trailer park right yeah. there. But and so if you, you gotta admit Leech, though, that's kind of funny. So if you get Leach in, in there and stuff, and you look at the players, I mean, I'm sure he could use some of the receivers that they probably recruited and stuff. But as far as the quarterbacks, running backs type players, and other skill players, they're not going to be anything like what Leach wants to bring in. Right. So so you're really screwing the the new coach up with that. But let's go back to Moorhead. I think the I think the reason that they fired him and and I don't I don't necessarily agree with it but I understand was the first year expectations. You know, they wanted to bring him in and hope that with the great defensive players that they had that they would at least still be somewhat on par with what the defense produced the year before and they weren't even close. Right. And I think that's really what at least from the fans that I saw on Twitter and everything, uh, you know, over the last two years have been upset that their defense with the talent they have has been very subpar. And I think that's where it really started. And then, of course, with Moorhead's attitude, almost like, you know, going back to Nolan Richardson, if they're going to yeah. fire me, you know, pay me to leave and I'll leave. Right. Um, so I think that that probably had something to do with it, too. But yeah, the media is very biased when it comes to what teams are going to. The dog, and I think Arkansas just goes all the way back to when we fire or force Nut to resign. However, you want to look at it. I mean, coaches don't get buyouts to resign, and he got right. a buyout. So, uh, but I think it all goes back to how we handled that whole situation, and and then you know the craziness that was Bobby Petrino, John L. Smith, Brett Bielema, who was a media darling. Right. Um, so I think that that's probably I think that's still part of why they dog on Arkansas so much is because of that, and. And, and let's be honest, they know that Arkansas is a better program than Mississippi State, and they historically are. They will be in the future, too. And I think that that's part of also why they kind of dog on us, because they know that we're still going to find a way to get back up while Mississippi State's not going to. So, you know, why you know why beat up on the redhead stepchild? Yeah, and I mean, I, I guess, but I still – it just it, – it, 
It's bugs frustrating. Me. It's frustrating yeah, yeah. to sit and, and know that Arkansas had every reason to get rid of um and they had every reason to get rid of, of Chad Morris, but but Mississippi State really didn't have any reason. And and then you compound the problem by I think they they thought that they could just immediately go out and offer Billy Napier at Louisiana Tech, you know, three million dollars a year because he's down there making what nine hundred and fifty thousand, and then he'd jump at the opportunity. He immediately come out and said, Nope, I have no interest in your job. I mean Number one, don't you think you would have had that conversation before you fired Joe Moorhead? Like, okay, we can get you. Okay, cool. I'll fire this guy so we can have you. But you wait till afterwards and the dude slaps you in the face. I don't, I don't, I don't, you know, I'm, um, I, yeah, I don't, I, I don't see. Yeah, I mean, it is. And, and they're going to, they're going to pay for it because even though they signed a good early class, how much of it stays intact is going to be a question. But number two, who are they going to get at this point? I understand you're in a dead period, and I would assume they'll have somebody hired before the 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 before everything opens back up on the 16th. But man, like this thing's a mess right now for them. And, and from a recruiting standpoint, you, again, we talked about it earlier. You start thinking about the coaching hires and the differences and where we're at right now. Arkansas may have done extremely, extremely well when this is all said and done. Out of the three, you know, Ole Miss, Arkansas, and, and uh, uh, Missouri. Well, let's look at it objectively, shall we? You got the guy at Missouri who everybody thought was coming to Arkansas, but he used his the same introductory speech that he got when he went to App State <laughs> and said that he was going to win the Sun Belt in the SEC East. Yeah. That's that's strike one if I'm a Missouri Tiger yeah. fan right there. Uh, you get controversial Lane Kiffin down at Ole Miss mm-hmm. and his hiring of the Maryland coach. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Arkansas is looking like a pretty, like a knock, like a like a knockout punch right now. Right now, right now it's good. I mean, I, I, you can't complain. I mean, it's Lane Kiffin is definitely the splash, but I think when you look at the overall situation, Arkansas may have lucked out into the better end of the deal when it's all said and done. Uh, before we go tonight, I got to give props to the <laughs> Razorback women's basketball team. I would they be remiss. They just keep winning. I would be it's remiss so if uh, <laughs> if we didn't mention them. Um, UCA is having their tribute to the military this week for their women's basketball team. I don't know what day that is. I think it's later this week. Um, Little Rock won tonight. Little yep. Rock won tonight. They're still in first place in the Sun Belt. Um, by the time this podcast comes out, Katie and I would have been to the Bryant shootout. Yeah, look for some stuff on, <laughs> on Facebook. Should be out. So, Well, I guess that'll about do it for, for whatever episode number this is. 23? 23. You guys, 22, 23. You guys feeling good about 2020? Yeah. Yeah. It kind of some guests coming on. Here, we do here in the next couple months. Man, it's gonna be fun. Yeah, I'm just, excited, guys. I'm, you do not want to miss the next five weeks for sure. Hey, so that means you need to subscribe. Yes. Rate us. Leave a review. Leave a review. Good right? or bad, I don't care. Yeah. If it's bad, we want to know. Yes, we do. Like so, the like the it like the uh, like the podcast page on Twitter. Inside State is the it's at Inside State is and the, your Twitter uh, handle is at High Flying Hogs at Razorback Zach One at Hogwired. Hey, you don't count Patriot fan. I'm just kidding. And, and, I'm just kidding. Yeah. So and then uh, search for Natural State Sports on Twitter as well. Yep. Um, we're on Instagram. We are on Facebook, of course, at Natural State Sports and. YouTube, if you have YouTube, go subscribe. Look up Natural State Sports. We're trying to build that channel, build that uh, build that brand so we can really get this thing going. We, we've got some uh, potential 
special videos that we're going to be doing. Maybe some uh, in interviews with some folks off air that's not going to be our normal live shows. So, yeah, so subscribe. There may not be a lot going on on there right now, but there will be in the there future. It's be. coming. So subscribe. It's not going to hurt anything to hit the little subscribe button on YouTube. I'm sure you subscribe to a bunch of other stupid stuff. So subscribe <laughs> to our non-active page right now, and, and it's going to be extremely stupid, active. So, yeah. I mean. <laughs> so, guys, I appreciate it. It's been a good night. Make We're back. Sure, make sure you guys join us next week. We'll have Kevin Bohannon from KTV Channel 7 to talk some prep sports, uh, specifically baseball. We're going to get into some, uh, some hopefully some Omaha talk, um, as well as some prep high school baseball talk and, and talking about recruiting here in the state on that side. So join us next week. You don't want to miss it. Until then, we'll see you guys next week. Have a good one. Go Hogs. We'll pig.